You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. We just got our cues a little mixed up this morning. Hey, how's everybody doing this morning? I see you, but I can't hear you. Maybe wave at me or something. How you doing? If you're in the room this morning, great. How about everybody online? How are you doing downstairs in the overflow? We're just so glad that you are here. Hey, you know, we were praying for folks a few minutes ago. We would encourage you as you hear these prayer requests that you would join us this week and you would pray and, you know, Doug... Kreitz just uh, developing some psoriasis, and man, that can be so painful. We just want to stand and really believe for a miracle. Next week, I'll be sharing on the possibilities of his presence. We'll be talking about God's will to heal. He wants to heal your body, but we don't have to, Doug, you don't have to wait till next week <laughs> to get healed. You can get healed uh, today in today's service. Uh, if uh, your kids are still watching online, they can go to HCF Cornwall uh, backslash kids. Sermon notes are available there. Giving, thank you so much for being faithful in your giving and uh, hcf.ca give. And uh, I'm about, it says here on the screen, the Pastor Roy is about to preach a barn burner, exciting next episode of, no, it doesn't say that, but I said that. All right. So glad you're here. Uh, And we are talking about practicing his presence. Want to give a shout out to two couples who began their journeys together yesterday. I had the privilege of doing a double wedding, not on the same location. They were apart. I've never done two weddings in one weekend on the same day. So there's a first for everything. And we are giving shout outs today to Tina and Jason uh, Pigeon, who are beginning their life, and uh, Rebecca and Christian. Hey, COVID weddings are hard, especially for brides. and uh, you know what? Get, get online and give them as much shout-out as you possibly can. Congratulate them. Two very beautiful ceremonies, beautiful brides, beautiful day. Well, we are in our series. We talked about the water cycle and how it rains on Sunday. <laughs> and uh, we believe for God's presence in our corporate services to water us. And just like the water cycle, uh, Sunday isn't more important than the rest of days of our week, but it's an essential part. We don't want to skip that. In the same way, you don't want to skip Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday in your time with the Lord. And so the rain of his presence comes. We believe that scripturally on Sunday as we gather online here in the room and uh, we get rained on, and then we want to continue practicing his presence throughout the week. We talked about the peace of his presence, the permission of his presence. I hope you understand from last week that God is saying yes far more than he says no. And today we're going to consider the power of his presence. The Bible says in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, when his presence comes upon you. Jesus speaking, excuse me, 
Jesus speaking to his disciples as they awaited uh, the Pentecostal event, the day of Pentecost, when the church was birthed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that that day began something. It continues today. Father, I pray for those that maybe haven't had that initial touch of the Spirit of God coming upon them. Today would be their day. Lord, for those of us that are need to be reminded today to practice your presence and understand there is a power that comes when we do. Lord, we want your power to come upon us today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. When we talk about power, we're talking about the strength and the ability of God coming on our lives, the strength and ability. Last week as we looked at Peter, and Jesus said yes to Peter, you can come out on the water. Just think about it for a moment that Peter could not ever walk on the water without the strength of Jesus, without the ability, the Jesus walking on water ability that Jesus gave Peter in those moments. And so today, even with the yes of God, the permission of God, I want you to understand that in faith, you need to receive receive, not put our umbrella up so that the rain of God misses us, but have an open heart to receive the power and the ability that God wants to put on our lives today. We want to look at the power of his presence. I'm going to ask three questions. In the, they're there in the notes. Three questions that the scriptures are asking, and those will correspond to three areas of your life. Now, there's many, many more areas of our lives that Jesus can empower, give strength, give ability to. But today I want to look at those three questions, three areas, and we'll go away today feeling uh, much stronger and with way more ability uh, because of his presence on our life. We're going to begin in the book of Exodus where we meet Moses. Moses was born in a time when the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. Pharaoh, Egypt's leader, is super insecure about his ability to keep a slave nation. And that's what uh, the children of Israel, that's what uh, the Jewish nation was, a slave nation to Pharaoh, building his pyramids and doing all kinds of things for him. But he began to get super insecure because they were growing in numbers and growing in power. And so he took drastic measures to control them and keep his thumb on uh, their nation. And he decided and decreed that the male babies born to the Jewish families, as soon as they were born, they would be thrown into the Nile River to be drowned, go to the bottom of the Nile, and, and, be, and be annihilated. And this way, controlling, uh, the, there wouldn't be uh, uh, men for an army, and uh, he would continue to be able to have, have slaves. Moses was born during this time. And if Pharaoh had had his way, Moses would be at the bottom of the Nile. But God had plans for Moses. God had a destiny. Would you say destiny? online, go ahead and just go through the motions of texting it, destiny. Uh, God had a destiny for Moses. This morning, I want to tell you that you have a destiny in God today. God has a plan for your life. We believe that at Harvest. We want you to know God. We want you to uh, get freedom from yesterday. We want you to find your destiny and then be equipped to function in it. And you have a destiny. You have a plan that God has for you. Pharaoh, the enemy of God's people, thought he could destroy the destiny of God's people. 
There's a very real enemy for you and I. There is a real devil. He is real. He is the source of evil upon the earth, and he wants to wipe out your destiny. He does not want you to know that you are a victor. Today you need to know you're not a victim. You are a victor. You have a destiny to overcome. You have a destiny to fulfill what God has for you and his plan, and you're the only one that can, conf- can fulfill what God has for you. Your kids can't do that. Your neighbor can't do that. It is specific to you today. Moses had a specific plan for his life. As we pick up the story in Exodus 2-2, his mom, the woman, became pregnant and had a son. She saw that there was something special about him, and she hid him. This afternoon, I'm going to go meet my granddaughter for the very first time. She was born this week. Ethan and Stephanie had uh, had their first baby, a baby girl. We're even now three girls, three boys. Thank you. Uh, and uh, we're excited uh, to go and meet her today. And I know that we're going to look at her and we're going to go, she is so special. She is so beautiful. She's the most beautiful of all the grandchildren. She is awesome. You know, you'll just go through all of that. No, you do. You do with that first soon as you see them. Then you remember, no, I've got six, and they're all special, and they're all incredible. And, and so as we read the scriptures this morning, and Moses' mom looks and sees something awesome about him, you need to understand this is not a grandparent's eyes looking at the child for the first time or a mom just, you know, kind of captivated uh, as she looks and bonds with her baby. She is looking with prophetic eyes upon her child, realizing with that prophetic sense that God had a destiny for her son, and she needed, listen now, she needed to hide him from the enemy. She needed to keep him from the grasp of the enemy's hands, and she began to pray, and she took practical measures to hide. I want to tell you today that God is taking practical measures. Your heavenly Father is taking practical measures to hide you from the enemy today. I know you think you stick out like a sore thumb, and the enemy sees you, and he's after you, but your destiny is a secret to the enemy. He does not know what your destiny is. He can only guess at your destiny, but God knows your destiny today, and he's keeping it hidden, not from you, but from the devil himself, so that you can fulfill what you can, uh, what you, what's on your life today to fulfill. Um, so she, she, um, she hid Moses in the basket, and uh, he had a destiny, and God had a plan uh, for Moses. The Bible says in Ephesians 51, 16, And I have put my words in your mouth, he's talking about us today, and hidden you safely in my hand. He's hidden you. Your destiny is hidden from the enemy today. The enemy cannot know it, and he cannot take it out. Do not believe the lie of the enemy that you have no purpose, that you don't have a plan, that you're just here taking up space, that your skin taking up space today. No, you are a child of God, and your Father is hiding you today. John 10, 28, it's not in your notes, but write it down. John 10, 28 uh, says this, I give them real and eternal life. They are protected from the destroyer for good. No one can steal them out of my hand. I want to read that again. Someone needs to hear this today. It's talking about you. I have given you real and eternal life. You are protected from the devil, the destroyer. I have protected you for the good that's on your life. No one can steal you out of my hand. Would you say no one today? 
no one can steal you. Moses is teaching us something today. I'm talking today about the power of his presence coming on your destiny. Coming on your destiny. God sees your destiny. It's recorded in heaven. We talked about that earlier uh, this summer. And I said, do you want a pamphlet or do you want the volumes of the book that are written for you? Come on, let's believe God. He has great things for you and great things in store for me. Moses grows up to be a man that he encounters God's presence for the very first time as we read it in Exodus chapter 4. He's standing at a burning bush. And uh, it's a, a literal bush that is on fire but it's not being consumed. It catches his eye. He said, this is, this, is, this is crazy stuff going on right here. I need to go find out what this is. God gets his attention. Sometimes he has to get our attention. He goes and stands at the bush, and God begins to speak to him. God begins to unfold the story of his destiny. He begins to tell him about there being a people that God wanted to rescue, a people that God wanted to use Moses as a deliverer so that they could find salvation from Pharaoh and find salvation in the promised land of God's plan. In the same way, God wants to use you to have eternal life uh, come on to somebody else's life that you know today. God wants to use you to set someone free from the power of the enemy. We've got to be set free before we can set somebody else free. You have a destiny. Moses began to hear his destiny, and he did what you and I do so often. It says this in Exodus 4, verse 1, Moses protested again. He'd have a little argument with God. He says this, what if they won't believe me? What if they won't listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? It's interesting. I love his question. What he's really saying is this, I was in the service on Sunday and I felt God's presence. I'm standing at the burning bush. I had an experience with God. God began to speak to me about my destiny. But when we walk away from that moment, when we kind of get into the ordinary, everyday life that we live, we begin to question, did God really speak to me? Did I really sense God in the reign of his presence on Sunday? I want you to learn how to practice his presence so that you can be reminded each and every day that you are called, that God has has a destiny for you, and we do question it, and I question it too. There are days during this pandemic that I have said, God, I think my days as a pastor are over. Pastors just being honest today. Don't send me emails to encourage me. I'm doing okay. I'm just here telling you the moments those thoughts go through my mind. Actually, send me emails and encourage me. Those thoughts go through my mind, and I wonder, am I really the guy to do this? Am I really the one? And God says, I'm the one that chose you. I'm the one that called you. I'm the one that will equip you with my strength and ability, his presence coming upon us. He begins to unfold that plan, and Moses at that moment says, really, like you and I, I don't feel very powerful. I don't feel very strong. I'm not feeling like the man of power, of strength for the hour. I'm not really feeling that right now, God. And here's the secret that we need to know today. Here's the principle we need to understand. As we talk about his, uh, the, the power of his presence, three questions I told you that the Scripture will ask us. We're going to look at the very first one here in Exodus 4, verses 1 through 2. Then the Lord asked him, and he's asking you, and he's asking me today, what's in your hand. And Moses was standing before the Lord with his shepherd's staff. 
He put in 40 years. He still didn't have his retirement pin. He didn't have his gold watch. He was still working and not retired. He'd been tending sheep as a shepherd for 40 years. Somebody say 40. That's a long time of living, everyday life. With an ordinary old shepherd's staff in his hand. What's in your hand today? We need to understand this. In order for us and for Moses to fulfill the destiny that God has for you, you're not looking at the end of the story. Some of us are looking at the end of the story. When will I feel like Superman? Go into God's uh, phone booth and come out feeling all strong and all empowered, taking over the world. I'll be honest with you, I don't know if that ever happens. I think what happens is ordinary people in faith understand that when God's power comes on our lives, we may not feel strong, we may not look strong, but when we stay faithful to it day after day, what's in your hand? Maybe you're a forklift operator somewhere, and you go, how could God use my life? All that's in my ordinary everyday life is the controls of my forklift. Maybe you're in a call center today, and uh, you have people yelling and screaming at you all day long because their internet is not str- fast enough, uh, their Bell 5 isn't fast enough, whatever you might take calls for today. Maybe you work, wherever you work, maybe you're a stay-home mom today, and you're wondering, what really is my contribution? You need to know today that when God places his presence and ability and power on your everyday, ordinary life, what's in your hand today? As you submit that to the Lord, Moses took that very ordinary staff, and it was that staff that he touched a rock and water came out and gave a thirsty nation water to drink. Come on, somebody. Jesus said if you give water in Jesus' name, it will not go without notice. Come on, there are things that your ordinary life will do that are extraordinary because of the presence and the power of God because you've decided to practice his presence. Moses took that same very staff and ten plagues came into Egypt and convinced Pharaoh he was losing and God was winning. He took that very same staff in the culmination of a moment and stood at the Red Sea and held it up and closed his eyes and said, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And the Red Sea parted. Who have you told that God heals? And you've held out your ordinary everyday life and you've said, oh God, oh God, oh God, would you show them that you heal? God wants to use your ordinary life. It doesn't end, it doesn't end where it begins. It begins today with you saying, Lord, empower my everyday, ordinary life. Bible says in Ephesians 1.11 that in him we are chosen, we're predestined. It's a fancy word of just saying our destiny was preplanned. You can preplan your funeral. I'd rather preplan my destiny. Come on, because God's already decided what my destiny is. I want to line up my life. My, my point today, the question What's in your hand? The answer, will you allow him to empower your predestination? Ephesians said that God, uh, he has a plan. It's according to his will, and he's going to work it out. You've got to come into agreement. How do you do that? Practice his presence and allow his Holy Spirit to come upon your ordinary to make it extraordinary. Number two, the question is, what's in your house? What's in your house? We're looking at 2 Kings 4.1. One day a widow of the member of the group of prophets came to Elijah and cried out, My husband who served you is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord. In other words, what she's really saying is, you know that he was a good prophet. 
and he kind of made a living at this. Well, he's gone now, and I don't have a paycheck, and the creditors are at the door. I don't think she knew about Ramsey. I think she didn't take Financial Peace University. This was not a really good prophet. Maybe his prophecies were good, but his, his bookkeeping was bad. He, he, he's left his wife with debts, and the creditors are coming to take her sons to work to pay off the debts. And she's complaining to Elijah about it. She says, I've got nothing. I, I need some help. So Elijah asks her the question, what can I do? And then he has a thought, and he answers that thought in words, and he says, tell me, what do you have in your house? Our second question. What do you have in your house? Today, what's in your house? The question speaks to your possessions. It speaks to what you own. It speaks to what you have, what you already have. He's asking her the question, what do you already have that God can use? What do you already own that you can give back to the Lord? What's in your possession that really doesn't belong to you in the first place, but it, it belongs to God all along? What can you acknowledge today? What's in your house? What do you, what do you own the deed of, so to speak? She answers the question. As he says, what's in your house? She responds and says, nothing at all. <laughs> you ever feel that way? I don't really have anything. I don't really own anything of significance. I don't really have a lot of money that I could give, give to God, give to God's purposes, give to the kingdom. I don't have a lot to give. I'm asking you the question. God's asking you the question today, what's in your house? What's in your bank account? What do you have that you could give God? We teach unashamedly. We teach at Harvest uh, generosity and giving to the Lord financially. Uh, we can give away our stuff. Not that we give it all away, but the Bible says as we've decided in our heart to give cheerfully. Um, and uh, I've had people actually apologize to me these days and go, I'm not working right now. I don't have as much to give. The Bible says give. Uh, there's a percentage. It's according to what we have. It's, it's equal sacrifice, not equal giving. But I've had people say, Pastor, I'm really sorry. And I go, what are you apologizing for? That's craziness. It's never been about the amount. You feel like, I, I, feel like I've had some, I feel like I'm giving nothing at all. Oh, you need to be reminded this morning what happens when you give God your possession. She says, I've got nothing. Today, you don't need to sing the song, if I had a million dollars, I'd give God some money. I'd help some people out. No, what would you do with the 10 bucks? See, even in our meagerness sometimes, and God wants you to learn how to have his Holy Spirit come on your possessions and take your nothing and turn it into something. She said, all I've got is a little bit of oil. I didn't even get it at independent grocers and pay up for it. I bought it at Food Basics on sale. It's extra, uh, extra virgin olive oil, but I've only got a little bit left in the bottle. I was just about to go in and make something. And he said, no, I want you to think about a multiplication. And the prophet began to tell her, you give that to God. In the same way, there was a little boy that uh, showed up for one of Jesus' conferences in the New Testament. 5,000 people missed lunch. They were hungry. Jesus know, knew that you can't have a good conference without food. People need to eat if they're hungry. They're not listening. He said, where are we going to get food? His disciples said, we're a long ways from the food court. We don't have any food. And somebody making a joke said, some kid showed up with a happy meal. He's got a filet of fish and some fries. 
cry and laughed about it. Jesus said, that'll do. Bring it to me. And they brought it to Jesus. He brought it into his presence. Say presence. Come on, we're talking about practicing his presence. Every day realizing, God says, what's in your house? What can I use today? What could you give away? What could you give me today? There's a principle. Because when she brought that little flask, when the boy brought his lunch in Jesus' presence, there was a miracle. And the Bible says the oil started to flow. When she told the man what happened, that it began to multiply, he said to her, good. Now sell the olive oil. Pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left over. God wants you to live in the plenty. He doesn't want you living in debt today. He doesn't want you to live in meagerness today. But he just might ask you, what's in your house? What can I anoint? What can I put my presence? And you're going to have to be willing as you practice his presence and say, God, here's my little bit of nothing. And you begin to watch as God will multiply it and make it something and begin, you'll be able to pay your debts. Come on, somebody. There it is. Right there in the scripture, Jesus said, I can work with that. One last question. I want to ask you today before uh, the team is uh, going to come back just in a moment. What's in your backpack? I don't know why certain phrases trigger my mind, and it's always with songs. But when I came up with that phrase, what's in your backpack, I couldn't help but thinking that Dora the Explorer is somewhere close by. Backpack, backpack. <laughs> this is how my brain works. A backpack. I want to ask what's in your backpack today. We're looking. First Samuel, we're going to meet at the beginning of First Samuel, David, of the story of David and Goliath. Goliath was a Philistine. He was the arch enemy of God's people, the Philistines were. Goliath belonged to that people group. He was literally a giant, about nine feet tall. And uh, he, was, he was huge, he was intimidating, and he probably had really bad breath. That's just how I always picture him. David overcomes that giant. Christina was talking about praying today for the, the slain of giants. God wants you to learn how to overcome the giants of your life. Today we're talking about this third question, what's in your backpack? I want you to practice his presence. Get the rain on Sunday. Get the rain on Sunday but then live in his presence each and every day. God wants you to learn how to overcome those intimidating things, so big, so looming, the giant of fear, the giant of anxiety and depression, the giant of loneliness and despair, the giant of your past. All of us have giants that we live with. Voices that taunt us and tell us we'll never have a breakthrough. Just settle. You are a victim. I have power over you. You will never get off the mat. Just lay down. Stay down. Stay down is the voice of the giant. This morning as you practice his presence, you're going to know power over the enemy, the giants of your life. Jesus said this, I have given you in Luke 10, 19. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. How much power? How much power? All the power of the enemy. And then it speaks in kind of a parable or a a picture for us. You'll be able to walk on serpents. You'll be able to to step on the devil's head. You'll walk on top of the, the devil thinks he has authority. No, he doesn't have authority compared to your authority in God. He's under your foot. Say under. He's under your foot. You need to remind him he's under your foot. I know you don't always feel that way, but that's why we practice his presence. We're talking about dealing with the giants of our life this morning. Jesus promised it. You'll walk on serpents and scorpions. You'll crush them. Nothing shall injure you. What a promise that is this morning. 
Let's go back to David for a minute. How did he kill the giant? What's in your backpack? Long before he met his giant, we read in 1 Samuel 17, verse 40, another shepherd with another piece of equipment. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream, and he put them into his shepherd's bag, his backpack. A shepherd's bag was simply that, a backpack that this young shepherd would have used to carry his shepherd paraphernalia. That day, he got prepared. He got prepared. Hey, look, I get up in the morning. My alarm goes off. That's when I spend time with the Lord. I sit on the couch. I put my headphones in my ear. I listen to music. Nobody else is up yet in my home. And uh, I drink a coffee, and I enjoy those moments. I worship the Lord, and then I read the Scriptures. Can I tell you that there are days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, on those five days, there are days I feel absolutely nothing. (laughs) The angel Gabriel doesn't walk into my living room and sit down with his coffee and join me. doesn't happen. There are days I wonder, is anything really, I'm just, come on, this is pastor, I'm just being honest with you. I go through this just like you go through this. I wonder, was it really worth doing my devotions this morning? And here's what I'm reminded of and you need to be reminded of. That in that moment, you took your backpack off. You went to the stream and you got a stone. The scriptures that you're reading may not mean anything to you in that moment. But when you've got to pull one out and put it into the sling and begin to tell the enemy that you're not down and out, that you'll have the empowerment of God's word, you'll have something. You will have preparedness. And if you're not prepared, the Holy Spirit can't put his power on your preparedness because you're not prepared. But this morning, just like David, we can prepare. And every time you do, say, so Pastor, sometimes I miss a day. Hey, so does Pastor. I'm not talking about getting this perfect. I'm just saying, get some stones into your backpack. David met Goliath out on the field, and the Bible says, and everyone was assembled here will know. This was David talking. He says, everybody will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword or spear. This is the Lord's battle. I love that. And he will give, give you to us. Goliath moved closer to attack. The giants always will. David quickly ran out to meet him. Oh, come on. There are some people in the room who are going to get this. And this week you're going to run to your giant. You're not going to run away from your giant. You're going to run to the giant. Why? Because you were in your time with the Lord. You went down to the stream and you got a rock and it was just the right one. Now listen, you got to practice his presence. David didn't pull out his slingshot one time done. He was shooting tin cans all week long. He was shooting at things in the desert. At nighttime, he was practicing with his night vision, shooting with his slingshot. You say, slingshots aren't very much. No, they're not until they're empowered. No, they're not until the power of God comes on. This scripture doesn't seem very powerful. Not right now. But you wait until you sling it at the forehead of your giant and your giant begins to back off and begins to run away because he realizes that you are prepared. He realizes that you don't believe his lies anymore. He realizes that you are the anointed of God, and it's God's battle, but you were prepared. Your backpack today, his power comes on my preparation. Was David really prepared for that giant? Not in the natural slingshot. (laughs) 
Goliath himself laughed at him and said, you're a little boy, you come at me with a stick? Yeah, I'll show you stick, dude. We're prepared. We're prepared. The promise of his presence today, what's in your hand? Allow God to empower your predestination. What's in your house? I want to stretch some of you to believe God again, to empower your possessions like never before. Come on, begin to believe God for a storehouse of plenty, debt-free living because God is blessing your household. What's in your backpack? I want to encourage you, get up in the morning, if it's at night for you, whenever it is. I just want you to believe again. It is important. It does matter. It's the stones in your backpack. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to ask my wife to join me on the platform right now. And I just want to ask this question today. I want to know if there's anybody here in the room or online. You've never begun your journey with Jesus. Jesus said, I've come to give them eternal life. And with your eternal life, it begins today. His life in you. And that begins your destiny. And we read about that a moment ago. Today, if you've never invited Jesus into your life, the Bible says we're separated from God because of our own sin. Today, you can make a decision to turn from going your own way and turn and embrace the destiny that, has, that he has for you that begins with this moment. The Bible calls it salvation in the same way that Egypt was saved from the tyranny of, of a lifeless slave life into a life-filled life of his destiny and his presence and his relationship. If that's you today and you would like, you've never done it before, you'd like to invite Jesus into your heart today in this room, I'd like to see your hand. Just put it up so I can see it. I just want to pray for you. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else today, just be brave and say, yeah, I want that. We're for you today. We want to pray with you. Online today, if you're watching, and just like someone did in the room today, you can text in, I, I want Jesus. I, I, and a simple prayer like this, dear Jesus, just let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me and you invite me into your destiny for me. I receive it today by inviting you into my life. I receive forgiveness. Amen. If you pray a simple prayer like that for the first time, hey, God bless you. You've begun. We believe you're born again and you are, uh, you're, you're beginning your journey. And uh, if you did that online, please text, I prayed the prayer. We want to send you some information. This morning, drop your tithes in the drop box on the way out, or you can text any amount to 84321. Please remember to register for next week. We need you to register so we have enough seating, and um, that's why we ask. You can register to sit upstairs, downstairs, or join us online. Hey, Jesus meets us wherever we're at. doesn't matter. Um, again, 
we don't know the people that are watching us online. It was really cool, just a short uh, little thing. Last week, I left church, and an old friend, Patty Poulton was her, her maiden name, but she sent me a text, and I haven't heard from Patty in probably over 40 years. And, you know, she said, I've so enjoyed watching your online stream, and I so have been touched. You know what? Harvest, we are reaching out, and we don't know who's watching us, but we are touching people all around the world. Come on. It's amazing what Jesus is doing, not just in Cornwall, but broad. And he is on the move. Remember, um, God is still for us, and he's still pushing for us. And we can't wait to see you back here next week. Just make sure you register. Uh, Harvest, as always, we love you. Be blessed. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week.